Good morning. Welcome to Roadmap to Heaven on the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart, June 16th, 2023. It's Friday morning. I'm Adam Wright. Happy to be with you, but we have a lot to do today, so I don't even want to spend much time on the introduction. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who strain far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood, we now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross in which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God, forever and ever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are going to dive deep today uh, into the topic of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this solemnity. Father Wade Menezes is going to be with us for the entire show today. So let us go to Mike Roberts, our saint of the day, and then when we come back, uh, Father Wade Menezes will be with us. Today is the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. The first liturgical feast of the most sacred heart 
was in 1670, and thanks to the efforts of St. John Eudes, the mass and office he developed were later more widely adopted. Then, devotion to Jesus' sacred heart spread a great deal more following the revelations of Blessed Sister Mary of the Divine Heart and St. Margaret Mary Alico. On the Feast of St. John the Baptist in 1673, Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary while she was praying and told her, My divine heart is so inflamed with love for men that, being unable to contain any longer the flames of burning charity, it must spread them abroad by your means and manifest itself to mankind in order to enrich them with the precious graces of sanctification and salvation necessary to withdraw them from the abyss. Jesus also told her, Behold the heart which has so loved men that it has spared nothing, even to exhausting and consuming itself in order to testify to its love. Established as a feast day in 1856 by Pope Pius IX, the solemnity of the most sacred heart falls 19 days after Pentecost. In 2002, St. Pope John Paul II made this day a special day of prayer for the sanctification of priests. Most sacred heart of Jesus, please, Pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. It has been a wonderful string of weeks where we have been talking about feast after feast after feast after feast with Father Wade Menezes of the Fathers of Mercy and host of EWTN's Open Line Tuesday. And Father, I am excited to say that uh, one of my favorite solemnities is the subject of our discussion today. It's how we are going to wrap up, and that's the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus. In fact, I uh, I put this image up on the screen. This is an image we have in our studio, and every day as I do my radio broadcast, I am looking directly across the studio at the wall at this image, and I don't know how many times, I've lost count of how many times it has served as inspiration, as hope, as comfort, and more, and I'm just really excited to be talking about the Sacred Heart with you today. Actually, Adam, the portrait that you just shared with us that you still have up there on the screen has our Lord pointing with one hand to his Sacred Heart and the other hand extended out to the viewer. How beautiful is that, huh? Come to me, all you who labor and are weary burdened, and I will give you rest, huh? And that's a beautiful lead-in, Adam, to, to the opening comments that I want to make here about the Sacred Heart devotion. Stop and think about it. God himself, in his second divine personage, the Son, who took on sacred humanity, who assumed a human nature just like ours in every single way but sin, he had a real, viable, pumping, bloody human heart. And I mean that literally, not metaphorically. Uh, He had this real, viable, pumping, bloody human heart for some 33 years, according to sacred tradition, while he was on earth. Three of those years, the latter three, which were during his public ministry, huh? Our God is therefore a revealed God in the in the re- real, tangible, physical world. He's a revealed God, right? In this sacred humanity. St. Athanasius says, God became man precisely so that man may become like God. How beautiful is that? 
The creator became a creature, in other words. This is like saying, Adam, stop and think about this. This is like saying that the architect literally became the house or the potter sitting at the spinning wheel with the clay, the potter literally, not metaphorically, but literally became the cup. When we say that the creator became a creature in his sacred humanity, our, our human minds don't even lend themselves to such imagery, right? Like what? The architect becoming the house, the potter becoming the cup. And yet that's exactly what our God did. The creator became a creature, right? Uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen says, Almighty God made us in his own image and likeness, referring to Genesis 1, 26 through 27, precisely so that one day he might assume and take on our own image and likeness in the womb of his mother. There's your pro-life message right there, right? As a babe at a manger in Bethlehem, right? Uh, poetically speaking, we know, Adam, that across cultures, across cultures and across times, I might add, uh, the human heart is a profound symbol of the following, such things as love, mercy, uh, forgiveness, faithfulness, steadfastness, uh, commitment, uh, loyalty, diligence, uh, passion, meaning the Latin passio, which means uh, a love, but specifically a love that is willing to suffer for the other, the epitome of other-centeredness, even willing to lay down your life for the other. No greater love is there than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends, right? Um, the human heart, poetically speaking, across cultures, across times, is also uh, seen as an anchor, uh, a groundedness, uh, a, a strong footing, a footer, uh, think of a strong concrete foundation of a balanced emotional life, right? Uh, the passions, emotions, and feelings being kept in balance so that the passions, emotions, and feelings don't go off to vice, but rather can progress in virtue, right? And so we need to keep them balanced because the effects of the original sin of our first parents the two chief effects of which we've said this in the past on Roadmap to Heaven, the two chief effects of the original sin uh, is a darkened intellect and a weakened will. Uh, before the fall of our first parents, we had an enlightened intellect and a strengthened will, right? Um, but after the fall of our first parents, that strengthened will became weakened and the enlightened intellect became darkened. So we need to, to keep the, 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 the passions and emotions in check to advance in virtue and not advance in vice. And so just, you know, that that's that's the kickoff of this devotion that I want to talk about is that literally, not metaphorically, God himself, the triune Godhead, Adam, in his second divine personage, the son who became incarnate, who assumed a human nature just like ours in every way but sin, had a real, viable, pumping, bloody, human heart. And when you add to the fact that poetically speaking across cultures and across times, the human heart means all those things. It makes perfect sense that that image that you still have up there on the screen has his human heart being pointed to by his human hand and his other human hand is beckoning others to come to him. You know, it's interesting in the divine mercy image also from St. Faustina's fully approved devotion of the divine, the divine mercy of our Lord, we don't see the sacred heart. 
but the two rays, the red ray and the white ray, which are symbolic of Eucharist and baptism respectively, he tells Faustina, they're emanating from what? His sacred heart, even though we can't see the sacred heart in the traditional divine mercy image. I've seen other artists' renditions of the divine mercy devotion. He's in his white baptismal alb, the same position as he is in this sacred heart image that you have, and they overlay his sacred heart over his white baptismal alb that he's wearing uh, in the uh, divine mercy image calling all to baptism. But that's not how our Lord saw him depicted. But the rays are emanating from his sacred heart, and he's uh, walking towards the person. And again, wanting to draw closer, the divine mercy image always has one foot in front of the other of our Lord, right? And he's pointing uh, in his divine mercy image uh, towards the rays, you know, and it's just beautiful. And he, he beckons us and he calls us. I think that's one of the things I love about this image is, you know, in, in times of trial, in times right. of grief, in times of distress, just that personal offering, it's almost as if he's saying through the image, Adam, I am offering my heart to you as the remedy for everything that life is throwing your way right now, everything that you are enduring the cure is to draw near to my heart. And Father, that's one of the things I love about this solemnity, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, is that this wasn't just the idea of some man or woman on earth saying, wouldn't it be nice if we had a day that we honored the sacred heart of our Lord, but that he month, himself— an entire month. Right. But that an he, entire he, month dedicated. he himself appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alico and specifically asked for this devotion, that this Friday would be the day that we would honor his sacred heart that has become this month. He also asked for the first Friday. So, I mean, when our Lord asks for something, I think that's a pretty good sign he wants us to pay attention. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, the whole month of June is traditionally dedicated to the most sacred heart of Jesus with the solemnity of the feast uh, following in the middle of the month. Uh, you know, the most sacred heart of Jesus assures us that God has eliminated all distance between us and him, uh, loving us from within our own human nature, which he himself took on. This is something that cannot be underlined enough. Uh, his most sacred heart means that a divine person, God, loves us with a perfect human heart because ours are imperfect because of the original sin. Consequently, our own wounded human hearts are consoled and perfected, Adam, by his sacred heart. And that's pretty awesome. We have only to unite our hearts to Christ's sacred heart to receive all that it contains. Uh, our Lord promises, you just intimated, uh, to St. Margaret Mary that, quote, sinners shall find in my heart the source and the infinite ocean of mercy. And those who shall promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart never to be blotted out, never to be blotted out. I also want to make these points. The most sacred heart of Jesus reveals the merciful love of our Savior, banishing all fear, all shame, and discouragement from our own wounded hearts. He wants to banish fear, shame, discouragement, maybe a wounded past, whatever it is. He wants to heal that, right? What are the words we hear at every Mass, Adam, right after the Our Father is prayed? We hear these words from the celebrant, Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. He wants to give us his peace. He doesn't want us to fall to pieces, right? And I think that's very, very important. 
Uh, again, so the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus remains one of the church's greatest treasures uh, and one of our greatest consolations in our pilgrim way while living here on earth. Uh, the heart of Jesus continues to beat for us in heaven, pouring out its infinite merits. How? Through the sacramental economy of the church, through the sacred administration and sacred um, uh, reception of any of the seven sacraments. His sacred heart is pouring out to us through the three sacraments of initiation, baptism, uh, confirmation, and Eucharist, the two sacraments of healing, anointing of the sick, and confession, and the two sacraments of union, matrimony, and holy orders, which are at the service of communion to the entire populaces uh, throughout the world. Uh, and so we see his heart still at work, uh, pumping for us, if you will, uh, these graces and these merits that are made possible through a strong sacramental life and, and a strong devotional life. Our Lord promised St. Margaret Mary, Alacoque, that, quote, sinners shall find in my heart the source and the infinite ocean of mercy, and those who shall promote this de devotion shall have their names written in my heart, never to be blotted out, never to be erased. Um, and so we say joyfully and fervently, we say, O most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Uh, it's a profound symbol, his sacred heart. It's a symbol of the core belief of Christianity. We can say that as well, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God made man, loves each one of us immeasurably and without exception. Uh, although pierced terribly by our sins, the sacred heart of our Lord overflows with compassion and love for all of mankind, even when that love is not reciprocated, and, and it isn't reciprocated, especially by a very secular culture today. Uh, therefore, the devotion to the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus is one of the most popular devotions among Catholics uh, it, since its inception uh, in, in the 17th century. It became popular following the apparitions of Jesus to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, a Catholic nun from France between the years of 1673 and 1675. And during his visits to her, Jesus promised to all those who receive Holy Communion on the first Fridays of nine consecutive months I will grant the grace of final perseverance. They shall not die in my disgrace, nor without receiving their sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this last moment. And the church dedicates the entire month of June, as we already said, Adam, uh, to the most sacred heart of Jesus, remembering always, and I mean always, that we are loved first by God, and Catholics strive to venerate and imitate the most generous and sacred heart of Jesus, our Lord, and bring that heart into our own lives. This is why, for example, uh, consecrating the family home to the most sacred heart of Jesus is such a beautiful devotion for families. And I'll talk about that in a little bit as we wrap things up. But, but this is our Catholic faith. Uh, this is one of the strongest devotions uh, in the life of the church, and it cannot be underestimated enough. You know, I was just thinking as you say all of this, and I, I turned to the computer here to look some things up, uh, did not have enough time, but you, you often say, Father Wade, that just as the saints were the contemporaries of their time, we're the contemporaries of our time, and so we're called to live out right. holiness, but we can learn from them. You know, right. they, we, we can learn from how they lived in their time as we strive to live in our time, and I look around at this uh, postmodern world that we live in and all of the ills of society 
And I cannot help but think that more than ever in my lifetime, this is the time to be promoting this devotion to the Sacred Heart of our Lord. That's exactly right. I'd like to actually share the 12 promises that our Lord made to St. Margaret Mary uh, to those who carry out this devotion of the Nine First Fridays, and then I'll, I'll also mention what's required for the Nine First, uh, First Friday devotion. But first of all, the 12 promises. Here is a list of the 12 promises to those devoted to the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus as communicated by Christ to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque in a private revelation fully approved by the Church in uh, 1675. Number one, I will grant all the graces necessary for their state in life. So in other words, whether single, married, widowed, a consecrated religious, active or contemplative, it doesn't matter. I will grant all the graces necessary for their state in life. Number two, Adam, I will grant peace to their homes. Number three, I will comfort them in all their afflictions. Number four, I will secure refuge for them during life and at death. Number five, I will grant abundant blessings upon all of their undertakings. Number six, I will grant infinite mercy for their sins. Number seven, tepid souls shall be made fervent. Number eight, fervent souls shall mount to a degree of great perfection. Number nine, I will bless every place where a picture or image of my heart is honored. Number 10, I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. Number 11, promoters of this devotion shall have their names written in my heart. And number 12, I will grant the grace of final penitence to those who receive Holy Communion on nine consecutive First Fridays. And here's the the primary requirements uh, for the nine First Friday devotion. And I want to urge your viewers and listeners at Roadmap to Heaven to go to fathersofmercy.com. And at our homepage, Adam, they can click on the magnifying glass icon in the upper right hand corner of the homepage right after they go to fathersofmercy.com, the homepage comes up. Click on that magnifying glass icon and then a search bar comes up in the middle of the page. And all they have to type in is nine first Friday devotion or nine first Friday. And it comes right up as one of my blogs uh, in the blog section of the Fathers of Mercy website. And on all these requirements are, are listed there along with the 12 promises. Um, so here's the requirements for the nine first Fridays devotion. Receive Holy Communion on each first Friday in a state of grace, obviously, with no known mortal sin on your soul. In other words, go to Mass and receive Holy Communion with the intention of honoring Christ's heart. And if you are not in a state of grace and thus unable to receive Holy Communion, you will also need to go to confession. Okay, uh, The nine First Fridays must be consecutive with no break. And uh, the nine First Fridays... Uh, must be made in honor of and in reparation to our Lord's most sacred heart. Um, And uh, this is very, very important. The the nine First Fridays must be made in honor of and in reparation to our Lord's most sacred heart. And we want to draw closer to his devotion and to this devotion of his sacred heart uh, just in this way. So again, they can go to fathersofmercy.com, print out the nine first Fridays blog that I wrote, uh, 
It's also uh, listed there next to the five first Saturdays devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, uh, which we celebrate this week coming now, uh, after the day after the Sacred Heart, Solemnity of the Sacred Heart. And then I want to close, Adam, with just some traditional short, fervent aspiration prayers that we make in, in honor of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. And you were telling me before we started taping this interview uh, that your children's school has a popular one that they say, maybe you could share that with our viewers as well. But these are just some of the more traditional ones. Merciful Jesus, I consecrate myself today and always to your most sacred heart. Most sacred heart of Jesus, I implore that I may love thee more and more. That's a very popular one. Most sacred heart of Jesus, I trust in thee. I love that one because it kind of combines the sacred heart devotion with the divine mercy devotion. Again, most sacred heart of Jesus, I trust in thee. Uh, most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, I believe in thy love for me. Uh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. And most sacred heart of Jesus, convert sinners, save the dying, and deliver the holy souls in purgatory. So just some of the more fervent traditional uh, aspiration prayers that we can say to rekindle in our mind and heart of uh, the presence of God, especially in the Sacred Heart Devotion, uh, what I call the POG, the presence of God throughout the day. Why, why are the short, fervent aspiration prayers so great for that? Because they're short and they're fervent. And you can just pick one and stick with that one throughout the day or pick several and say them throughout the day. Uh, and, it, and they help us practice the presence of God throughout the day. We've been adding the one that my daughters taught me to our morning offering here on the show right. throughout the month of June. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. In fact, this week we've been having a conversation, uh, or we had a conversation with Sister Colleen Mattingly, who's an apostle of the Sacred Heart, talking about the importance of saying that. I believe in your love for me and how that can be one of the most challenging aspects of this devotion sometimes. It's easy to say, oh, Father Wade, our Lord loves you. Oh, friend who's going through a rough time, our Lord loves you. But to, to look in the mirror and say, our Lord loves me, that can be a very right. challenging thing. Now, before we move on, Father, I do want to ask you a question. Um, and, and perhaps I, I, I could have called into open line on Tuesday to ask this. But when we talk about these promises, the 12 promises of our Lord to uh, St. Margaret Mary Alico, you know, we, we hear in James that faith without works is dead. And sometimes I, I worry that we approach the opposite. We just go to works without faith and say, well, our Lord said to do these things, so I'm just going to do these things. And I guess it's like a contract or a transaction. Adam, you do this, I'll do that. And and I like what he's offering, so I'll just go ahead and do this. Could you talk a little bit about, um, you know, probably I'm, I'm making an error in saying that, I feel, um, but I don't know how to articulate why it's you know not just a transaction or, or an exchange Correct. of yeah. goods, that this is really about deep relationship. Absolutely. It's all based on love, which again, poetically speaking, the human heart is a profound symbol of, right? So we never do the works carrying out the nine First Friday requirements or the five First Saturday devotional requirements in honor of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We never do those works for the works themselves. That would be foolish. That would be prideful. That would be pompous. That would be uh, uh, demented religion, right? We do them for the charity they help prosper 
one human person to another human person, one human person who carries out the devotion to all of his fellow human persons, to his love for humanity, to wanting to make a world a better place, a more virtuous place. This is why we carry out the love, the, the, the works, because of the love they help prosper. We never do the works for the works themselves. And any love that we're able to help prosper because we've done the works is only made possible by God's uh, being the primary mover in the life of grace, his sanctifying grace, his actual grace to get us moving. You know, without God, I can't, but without me, God won't, uh, St. Catherine of Siena. Uh, how about St. Augustine's quote, the God who willed to create you without you does not will to save you without you, right? Uh, two great uh, reminders from two great doctors of the church, a great female doctor of the church, St. Catherine of Siena and St. Augustine. Um, and so uh, we want to carry out such devotions coupled with our Sunday worship, you know, even Sunday worship, uh, whether you're a Catholic Christian going to mass or a Protestant Christian going to a service, that's a work, okay? But it's got to be done from love and out of love and for love, right? And God is always the primary mover in the life of grace. So Father Wade has the faith, uh, a very strong faith that God wills to save Father Wade. Faith tells Father Wade that, that God wills to save Father Wade. But faith also tells Father Wade that God, while the primary mover, doesn't want to do all the work on his own. God wills as the primary mover, always first in the life of grace, that Father Wade be a real active cooperator with him in moving himself, Father Wade, to a life of grace. And this includes the strong spiritual life. This includes any charitable works. This includes any devotional works. So they're done for love. They're not done for the sake of the works themselves. Does that kind of help you out? It, it does. I, I often use the analogy that it's like that muscle flex we were talking about a few weeks yeah, ago, right. that it, it's a natural consequence. You know, if my, my son were to say to me, Dad, how do I get good at riding a bike? And I say, well, go out and ride your bike for an hour every day. The natural consequence of devoting an hour a day to that ride is he's going to be a very good bike rider in, you know, much better in two weeks than he is today, much better in two months than he is today, et cetera, et cetera. So if, you know, I, I love this promise, tepid souls shall become fervent. And then the next promise, fervent souls shall speedily rise to great perfection. Well, if you're yeah. fostering devotion to our Lord, that's just a natural consequence that you would be striving for this great perfection and asking him, Lord, please perfect me. And he's going to want to do it. Yeah, amen. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I want to mention uh, a website for your listeners to go to, Adam, uh, all of our Roadmap to Heaven listeners and viewers, uh, a great Catholic family resource website. It's called MessyFamilyProject.org. Again, MessyFamilyProject.org. I love the title. <laughs> uh, Mike and Alicia Herndon founded this organization. It's just a great resource site. But listen to this. For the month of June, uh, MessyFamilyProject.org is promoting as an upcoming event, which we're now currently in the midst of, the Play and Pray Challenge for Families. The Play and Pray Challenge for Families. And it has four elements to it. Number one, go on a date, mom and dad. Renew the well between the two of you. Remind yourselves that before you are a mom and dad, you are first a husband and wife. And that relationship is where it all begins. Number two, have a family day. 
Set aside a day where you celebrate family life with your kids. Show them you are willing to step into their lives, do things they enjoy, and have some lighthearted fun with them. The best thing that a set of parents can do, a husband and wife can do to show their children love is to let their children see that they, the mom and dad, love each other. And that cannot be lost sight of, okay? Uh, number three, enthrone Jesus as king of your home through the sacred heart enthronement. Use our simple ceremony, they say at the website, to enthrone an image of the sacred heart of Jesus in your home. Renew it every year to keep it fresh in your family culture. Jesus promised that when families enthrone him, he will shower them with grace, bless and protect their home, and give them the strength to live out their vocation. Each of us wants our entire family to get to heaven together. And the surest way we can do this is by relying on the most sacred heart of Jesus. And number four, the fourth point for the play and pray challenge at MessyFamilyProject.org is challenge others to carry out these three steps. Challenge other families to do the same thing. Ask your friends, neighbors, and relatives to join the June 2023 and beyond Play and Pray Challenge. Share our flyer in your parish and in your small group. So again, if you go to MessyFamilyProject.org and at the homepage, just scroll down to Upcoming Events. It's the first option listed at Upcoming Events, the Play and Pray Challenge. And that's what we want uh, families to do is we want them to uh, play together, pray together, enthrone their home to the sacred heart, consecrate their family and family members so that the, 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 the blessings and the showers of God's many graces can come down on the family. All right, Father, I've been asking everybody on the show this this week because one of the things I love about our Catholic faith is that we pray like Catholics, but we also party like Catholics. So, uh, how will the Fathers of Mercy be celebrating the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart on Friday? You know, that's a great question, and it's mentioned by name, the Solemnity, in our constitutions, because uh, our founder, Jean-Baptiste Rosan, uh, did his dissertation on the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus and the mercy of God. And so it's a very, very precious solemnity for us. In fact, there's constitutional requirements that we carry out uh, for our deceased parents and confreres and benefactors, uh, either a mass uh, and uh, the mass and either a rosary or evening prayer. And so it's very, very dear to our hearts and all other non-priest members of the Fathers of Mercy, like our professed brothers, uh, offer their Holy Communion uh, for deceased uh, parents and relatives and uh, benefactors. And so this is very, very important for us as Fathers of Mercy. And we always uh, have a, a beautiful evening meal together where even a little wine is served. How about that? And uh, we also chant a Vesper solemnly with our chant. And so uh, it's just a great day for those who happen to be at the main general at house here in Auburn, Kentucky, uh, to be able to celebrate together as confreres. Correct me if I'm wrong, but because Friday is a solemnity as well, our Friday abstinence is... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Waved. We, we, we can right. have a, a nice steak, if sure. we like to, on Friday to celebrate the solemnity. That's right. That's right. Uh, you can forego meat if that's your normative practice, which it is in the Fathers of Mercy, to give up meat on Fridays. In fact, I, I saw just uh, last evening in the kitchen a huge, huge butterball turkey 
that our, our house superior, Father Joseph, informed me that was for Friday's coming meal. So I have a feeling it's going to be a Thanksgiving style meal with a big butterball right there. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. Um, Adam, I also want to mention, uh, and, and, and if, if giving up meat isn't your traditional uh, every Friday of the year penance, um, with the exception of, of Good Friday, of course, and Ash Wednesday, when we have to give up meat and, and through abstinence and, and also carry out a penance, fasting and abstinence. Um, the other Fridays of the year, we give up meat on Fridays. But, but if for those who don't do that, it's, it's, it's a day to still uh, celebrate and honor our Lord in a very special way because it's the highest level of feast day. It's a solemnity. And it falls on a Friday annually every year, the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, because Friday, traditionally, it's celebrated precisely because that's the day that our Lord died, right? On Good Friday, when his heart was pierced and blood and water gushed forth for the life of the world against, again, the, the, the divine mercy devotion, the blood and the water, right? A symbolic of the Eucharist and baptism. And so this is why it's always celebrated on a Friday, um, and so we rejoice in that fact. So we treat it as a solemnity. You forego penances, whatever your penance is normally on a Friday, because every Friday of the year, every Friday of the year is a day of penitential observance. Now, it may be fasting and absence you choose to do on all the Fridays of the year, but on Good Friday and Ash Wednesday, you have to fast and abstain. There's no choice there. But for the other Fridays of the year, it may be meat you give up, or maybe television you give up, or maybe an act of charity, prayer, fasting, almsgiving you do. Whatever it is, we celebrate in a special way on the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Adam, I'd love to read also uh, our bishop statement for this coming June 16th, 2023, uh, that came out on June 12th, earlier in the week, uh, for the great solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. I'd, I'd like to read this statement that they just issued last evening. Um, Catholics are invited to pray an act of reparation on the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus precisely by praying the litany of the sacred heart. Listen to this. On June 16th, the Catholic Church celebrates the solemnity of the sacred heart of Jesus. Most Reverend Timothy uh, Broglio of the Archdiocese of the Military Services USA and president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the USCCB, and Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York, chairman of the USCCB's Committee for Religious Liberty, joined by Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, have called on Catholics to pray the Litany of the Sacred Heart and make an act of reparation. That is to say, an act offered to the Lord with the intention of repairing the spiritual damage inflicted by sin. The bishop's invitation to the faithful now follows, quote, Catholic Christians traditionally recognize June as the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. During this time, we call to mind Christ's love for us, which is visible in a special way in the image of his pierced heart. And we pray that our own hearts might be conformed to his, calling us to love and respect all his people. This year on June 16th, the day of the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, a professional baseball team has shockingly chosen to honor a group whose lewdness and vulgarity in mocking our Lord, his mother, and consecrated women cannot be overstated. This is not just offensive and painful to Christians everywhere, it is blasphemy. It has been heartening to see so many faithful Catholics and others of goodwill stand up to say that what this group does is wrong and it is wrong to honor them 
We call on Catholics to pray the litany of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on June 16th, offering this prayer as an act of reparation for the blasphemies against our Lord that we see in our culture today, end quote. And again, that's the official statement from the USCCB, the US Catholic, uh, excuse me, the US Conference of Catholic Bishops issued June 12, 2023 for this coming's great solemnity, solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus on June 16. So let us all join together, pray for holiness, pray for virtue, pray in reparation, all the while offering up the specific prayer of the most sacred heart of Jesus. It's found there at the bishop's website. In fact, they have the link right to it in that statement to go directly to the Litany of the Sacred Heart so people can pray it online or print it out and pray it as a family. And so I want to encourage your listeners, Adam, to do just that. All of our wonderful listeners of Roadmap to Heaven to be faithful to our bishop's calling uh, for this Friday. Might I add to also pray for conversion? Uh, I, I, I read a great quote last week, Father Wade. I'll bring a, a quote to the table. Um, Every soul you encounter is going to end up in one of two places, ultimately. And so we always must pray for the conversion, because we don't we don't want anyone to go to hell. We want everyone to go to heaven. Um, Amen. That's so we, right. we have, That's exactly I, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, Father, I, I will say this, too. We had a, a guest on the show a few years ago talking about First Fridays, and that in his home they like to take their image of the Sacred Heart that they've enthroned, move it to the dining room table, and, and his wife sets up a lovely temporary throne. They have dinner by candlelight, and they really make it a, a very special wow. occasion with the children. And I think, you know, you might have to put a, a cover over the dish to keep the food warm or some aluminum foil, but before you eat, perhaps as a family gathered around the dinner table, stand up and not just pray that blessing before meals, but what a wonderful time that would be to pray the litany of the Sacred Heart, especially with the image there. I think you've given us so many wonderful encouragements today, especially the the pray and play challenge, and I'm always grateful for this time to dive deep into these feasts. And, you know, what a great way to wrap up our several weeks together talking about the wonderful feasts that we've been celebrating going all the way back to Easter Sunday. That's right. And, you know, we're in ordinary time, so, you know, now we've celebrated, you know, Trinity Sunday and and uh, Corpus Christi and now the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Mary, all, all these follow fall during ordinary time. Let's make ordinary time extraordinary in the life of our one holy Catholic and apostolic faith and how we live it, whether single, married, or a consecrated religious, uh, contemplative or active, uh, widow or widower, you know, let, let's really make our ordinary time extraordinary. I love it. Well, Father, you know I'm going to ask you to close out our time together with a prayer. Sure, you bet, Adam. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Descend upon all of our roadmap to listener roadmap to heaven listeners, and also uh, all of our Covenant Catholic Network listeners in general, and remain with each and every one of you this day and always. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray Thank for you. us. And Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Well, Father, I know your preaching schedule is going to make it so that we're not going to be able to have you on the show again until the fall. But friends, if you want to hear more of Father Wade right here on Covenant Network every Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, you can hear him on Open Line Tuesday with Jack Williams. It's a, a, a wonderful program. And I know so many of you call in. If you have a question for Father Wade, I would encourage you to call in. There, there's great answers on Open Line. In the meantime, Father, you have a wonderful, wonderful summer, and we look forward to the next time you can be with us on Roadmap to Heaven. Thank you so much, Adam. God bless you. Take care now. This has been an incredibly helpful week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, talking about the fact that some things need explaining, that there are some things happening in the world that may appear to be the same, or we may be told, well, it's all the same, when it's really not all the same. And here to help us wrap up the week with another great explanation is Patty Schneier. Well, today we're going to just talk about creatures. God made all creatures. Absolutely. God made them all. True. But the human person is the highest creature with free will and intellect. Very often I'm seeing around our culture animals, which are wonderful, absolutely wonderful, and they can do amazing things. I think it's particularly of service dogs in the military and hospitals and police work. But we're elevating animals almost to the extent of human beings, and they are not human beings. They are not children. They do not have a soul. An animal cannot create a symphony. And a goat, for example, cannot sin. A chicken cannot sin. They can only act instinctively, and they can only act according to their nature. So be very careful in loving our pets, which is a good thing. We have to make sure that we don't elevate animals so high that we actually end up degrading the level of the human person. And the reason I say this is I was, I will never forget when I saw a billboard in Oregon traveling, huge billboard. And here's what it said. It said, end petlessness. It did not say end war. It did not say end hunger. It did not say end abortion. The billboard said, end petlessness. And I look around and I see that many young people are choosing to have multiple pets instead of children. Or no children at all. So I'm calling this out today in this week where we're talking about all things are not equal. And as much as your child may love your pet, we must teach our children that in the higher order of things, the human person is far greater with a free will and intellect and a soul. And we must never forget the dignity of the human person first and foremost. Now, that may be very unpopular, and I may get in a lot of trouble for saying that, but take it to prayer. I am so glad you shared that encouragement with us today, Patty, and this has been a wonderful week. And if you'd like to share any of these daily doses of encouragement with a friend or a loved one, be sure to share our podcast with them or visit ourcatholicradio.org. Well, that wraps up our show today, and we want to thank you for being with us. If you'd like to watch the video of our interview with Father Wade Menezes, that is going to be live on our YouTube channel. If you just search Covenant Network Catholic Radio or Our Catholic Radio, we should 
pop up right there in your video feed, as well as on our podcast. And you can get a podcast of any of our Roadmap to Heaven shows by going to OurCatholicRadio.org or to your favorite podcast player, whether you use Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Podbean, Apple, whatever it may be. Just type Roadmap to Heaven. You'll see my picture pop up there along with our Roadmap to Heaven logo and You can listen to any of our shows. You can share them with friends and loved ones. And by the way, if you like these uh, longer conversations, you know, which are a little atypical for Roadmap to Heaven. Today was not a normal format for us, but it was an important one for this solemnity. We have some great shows out there, some great podcasts where you can listen to long-form interviews. I particularly love Monsignor Witt's Exploring Church History and Tom Shrewsbury's Lives of the Saints, but we also have... Uh, the Splendor of You with Debbie Sansone Laprizi. We've got Mike Roberts, Saint of the Day, The Daily Dose of Encouragement. Uh, there's just so many wonderful things out there. You can find a complete list of those at ourcatholicradio.org. Now, today, Solemnity of the Sacred Heart. We're going to pray like Catholics. We're going to party like Catholics. Today, we're all called to pray that Litany of the Most Sacred Heart. If you don't know where to find it, just type that in your search bar online, Litany of the Most Sacred Heart. It, it will pop up. Go to the USCCB's website, as Father Wade said. Tomorrow, Immaculate Heart of Mary. Now, even though it's not a first Saturday tomorrow, we can do the same thing we would do on a first Saturday. It would be very fitting tomorrow, and that's to make a good confession, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the Rosary, and then spend 15 minutes with the Blessed Mother just contemplating those mysteries of the rosary. What a beautiful way it would be to honor her tomorrow. The sacred heart of our Lord, the, his most sacred heart, and the immaculate heart of Mary are always, always united together. So, it, you know, what, what's that song? You can't have one without the other. I think it was friendship, you know. Um, you can't have the sacred heart without the immaculate heart because she's always there. She loves her son so much. And he loves his mother. So if we're going to honor our Lord today, let's honor the Blessed Mother tomorrow. All right? Those are, that's our mission. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, have a wonderful, beautiful celebration today. A beautiful memorial of the Immaculate Heart of Mary tomorrow. A great Sunday celebration of Mass and the Day of Rest with your family. Make it God's Day. We'll be back with you Monday morning. We're going to be talking about the National Pro-Life Women's Conference coming up, as well as some other things. Uh, But you'll just have to tune in. I'll be back with you Monday morning. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Have a blessed day. And as the Blessed Mother wants us to do every day, pray your rosary today.